Welcome to season three, episode four of the Rap Writers Show, the show that no one asked for, where writers talk <laughs> about rappers. Um, this is one of your hosts, Dan. I'm here with Reed, Eric, and we got a special guest in the building, Tim Hotep. Hello. Thank you for coming, sir. Thank you for having me. So, Tim, you are a friend of Manny who's not here with us today, um, but also a friend of Eric and just someone that everyone in the industry knows. You've written for everybody Mass appeal everybody <laughs> uh, <laughs> uh yeah just tell us you you wrote your first story for double xl when you were 21 you said something like that uh i think i was relaying this story to eric the other day um as we talked about double xl and its history um well i'll bring it all the way back uh i've been writing for this is more than like 15 years about like hip-hop youth culture um you know really consumer culture to a certain extent like my first job job was like as an intern at in, in well, my first job in the industry was as an intern at Complex. Wow. Like I've been freelancing here and there while I was in, in college or whatever, and uh, I was trying to get my foot in the door. And I went to to meet with them after they were closing their first issue. It wasn't out yet. I was like, "Hey, I want to write reviews for you guys." And they were like, "Um, yeah, we got these two guys um who are already doing our rap reviews, but you can intern." I'm like, "Who are the two guys?" They're like, "This guy named John Caramonica and this guy named Joseph Patel." I don't know. I'm like, "Oh yeah, I seen." Him. <laughs> and so, was Noah already EIC? Or no, this is this is Noah came oh, in like stuff. phase two of Complex. Got it, got it. Original phase of Complex. The editor in chief was a guy named uh, Benjamin White. Um, the CFO was a guy named Alan Kett, who yeah. of Stress Magazine. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, yeah. It was a long, long time ago. Gotcha. Um, but, you know, since Complex, I've worked at MTV. I've worked at AOL. I've freelanced the whole time. I've written for places like, of course, Double XL. Um, I brought back Mass Appeal in um, print and online a couple of years ago. Um, NPR. I've, I've done NPR. I produce podcasts for them. I produce video. Um, I've written for a lot of places, and I know too much about rap. That's great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm gonna be proud of. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, so you're getting more into video production these days? Uh, no. Well, the thing is, I've always, well, for the past, I'd say like maybe six, seven years, I've done video production stuff. Um, whether that means like helping uh, editors create like a storyline, it's like a story producer uh, doing the interviews, doing the research on people. Um, I've I've done a lot of that, so I'm still doing that right yeah, yeah and how how important do you think those skills are like something we just talk about all the time is how none of us really just write anymore we all got to do all kinds of stuff and i think you have to i think i think if you understand yourself to be like a rap writer you have to really ask yourself what your core skill set is and i think storytelling is one of your score your core skill sets mm -hmm. and i think contextualization is one of your core skill sets mm -hmm. and those two things can be applied to so much other things yeah. like um i feel like the fact that i can do a, a number of different roles or whatever i feel like that's a plus it's not something that yes it's a necessity because of how in flux this whole industry is whatever right but it's dope because i you know i've worked at ad agencies i've done all this stuff that came from the skill set i got from learning how to interview people talk about things, explain things to a reader, um, and tell stories, yeah. you know? I think the context thing is huge because a lot of people just don't, they're not really forced to think that way. You know, when they're engaging with culture, they're not forced to understand, like, why something is this way, why it sounds this way, what it came from, how to explain it to the next person. Yeah, and, 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 and well, for me, it kind of goes back to my fandom. My fandom informs my profession a lot, right? So, like, 
when I was a young kid, I was the type who would get a CD and I would open it up and I'd read the line of notes to see what the samples were and who produced what mm -hmm. and in what studio and who mm -hmm. they shot it out and all this other stuff. So I feel like throughout my career, it's been a process of me lending more and more context to other people. Because I feel like if you're a real fan of the art, you kind of like those deep dives. Like, yeah. I feel like Genius's business model mm -hmm. is literally based on people nerding out Just in the nerds. way that we all <laughs> naturally yeah. nerd out yeah, for yeah, music. Exactly. So, yeah. yeah. Definitely. Without sounding too like what was me about it, um, how have you seen everything change over the past 15 years? And like when you go from platform to platform and as like editorial is kind of less the priority for places, like what's the, the biggest difference you've seen? And, and how do you like go into a new endeavor like when you went into Pitchfork recently and be like, I'm going to just keep an open mind completely and... You know. uh, that's a big question. So like there's, there's been a time, I mean, like in, in the early days of like complex, I was writing for the print magazine about the Internet. Right. Meaning oh, that wow. they didn't really have a site proper where right. you could engage with stuff on the site. Mm -hmm. I would write, these are some sites to check out. And you open a magazine. It's not a, you can't click on it. Yeah. You, you're like, all right, let me copy this URL or whatever. So <laughs> obviously, um, you know, the Internet, social media have taken over the way we all communicate. Um, and that in some ways can be for worse. In some ways, it's a lot better. I really feel like the position that uh, a cultural critic, um, a hip hop journalist has has changed greatly because it used to be that you were kind of a gatekeeper, right? Like uh, readers, audiences didn't have access to any of these stars, these people that they were into. So it was on you as a magazine wielding your power to say, one, we pick you artist and we think you're worthwhile. Two, we're going to tell a story about you or give you some shine. Now, in the era of like social media, it's a direct to consumer, direct to audience relationship. Right. So everybody can just talk to the artist. And then, you know, kind of like the role of the journalist as gatekeeper has been like diminished. I'm not necessarily mad at that. I like the idea of the journalist being that person who adds context to stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And be like, this is what this means in the grand scheme of things, as opposed to. I'm knighting this person. Right, they right. got mm -hmm. next door, yeah, you know, because yeah. because you know that process ends up being very, very skewed by the biases mm -hmm. of the people in there. Like you know, rock criticism, um, you know, in a lot of ways, music journalism came from rock criticism. Not in a lot of ways, it definitely did. And so, rock criticism has certain biases, right? And in certain ways, they look at people and all this other stuff, or whatever. And I feel like now, um, because there's so much discourse about how we take in media, uh, inclusion, diversity, or whatever, we can have a better, more, I think, robust conversation about things because more people have access to the conversation. Mm -hmm. And, you know, again, I think the journalist comes in to add context to all that. Yeah. So, yeah. But there's also this, you know, the influencer culture, right? Like yeah. That kind of, I don't know if that helps or ruins it. I'm not sure. Well, be more specific what you mean about. Um, when you're talking about, I guess you were, you said you used to be gatekeepers, like journalists used to be gatekeepers. Mm -hmm. um, now it feels like a lot of people and labels, they feel like the influencer is a gatekeeper. I mean, what's her, <laughs> you know, like <laughs> a, a, a Jenner sister, a Kardashian can make someone's career. Yeah. Shout out Daniel Caesar, you know, like, or, <laughs> you know, um, and I think, I think it's not something to lament. I just think it's the nature of the beast right now. Mm -hmm. um, I wish there were more influencers who were people who were educated like yeah. hip hop historians like LeBron right, James. Right. Um, <laughs> but no, I, I do I do wish it was less about just like, hey, you know, followership and- And, and, and celebrity. And, and celebrity. I think it was, I wish it was more about information and, and knowing what was going on, you know, making people 
uh, these influencers who drive culture. But to your point, it's like that's all part of the conversation now. Like everyone is a gatekeeper in a way. Yeah. But the journalist still has to make sense of it all. And still, like yeah. when Khalid drops the album, someone has to look at it and be like, is this good or bad? Even yeah. though Kylie Jenner co signed it. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. And and I think I think that is the role, that's the position for us that makes us still really, really valuable, right? right. So we can tell the stories, we can provide the context. And you know, um, we can like, you know, there's so much information we get, like in the, just scrolling your timeline on your Twitter or on your Instagram or whatever. You need someone to be like, this is worth your attention and this is noise. This is yeah. signal, this is noise. Mm -hmm. And I, I like to play that role, not in a gatekeeping way, but in right. a like, this is worth your attention because this is just interesting. This is mm -hmm. good or whatever. Like like I do a, a playlist on Spotify uh, called Rap Caveat, right? Which is uh, W-R-A-P caveat C-A-V-E-A-T, right? To play on the, you know, yeah. but um, the reason it, I, it's the, not Spotify, like, produced, it's, no, right? it's okay. personally <laughs> produced by me. I'm going to, I'm going to also produce it for, um, for some other platforms coming soon. Cool. But the reason I do it is because I see a lot of the curation out there yeah. and it's like, Hey, you can tell there's a label relationship Definitely. and the 100%. label was like, these are our priorities. Put yeah. them on there. Yeah, yeah. For me, um, I think it's important to present the kind of breadth of all the stuff that's happening in hip hop. And going back to my point about, you know, directing attention, I'm like, yo, there's all this dope shit across the board in different regions um, from different types of people or whatever. Let's get it all in one place where people can look at it and just check out who, who the, these new artists are. Right? right. And who some of these artists that you may have even forgotten. Like I, I'll have stuff on there like, you know, like Young Manny or whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. But I also have stuff like Smith and Wesson, mm -hmm. which is like people. Smith and Wesson still makes music. Right. They still got fire. Mm -hmm. yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> so it's emerging and all that. Right. So, again, back to what I think my role is, is like cultural critic, curator, contextualizer, if that's a word I can use. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, there's a lot more I think everyone wants to ask you, but we're going to get into the main topic of the day. Let's go. Um, we're going to. Transition with a song by Lil Uzi called Free Uzi. Best rapper alive. Yeah, I remember when that girl didn't need me. I didn't handle money and I couldn't find out what's the reason. Why? Now that hoe back on my team, cause my neck wet like a squeegee. We serve them packs in the net, we get them racks like Serena. Uh. Yeah, the sun out, so my boy's gonna trap today. When you get money every day like Saturday. Niggas lying, yeah, he stuck with a cap and face. Niggas right and they get hit with the Mac today. This my I don't even know I'm what happened face. Grandma in the kitchen still singing happy days. I just popped the G6, I'm in my happy place. She was tripping, had the axe, so what pick you take? I can make your little bitch just wanna percolate. Sex first, then we can have an accident. Gave me head to my shit, I'm decapitate. Look me in my eye and do I'm that nasty face. Make it rain in the club like a nasty day. Told him that I'm coming, no no ejaculate. Pastry, pocket boy, you not having cake. Fuck that overcoat and I swear your jacket late. Bro just made his money back off a of half a plate. Rolly cost me 40,000, that's half the face. I remember when them niggas all laughed at me. Portfolios, now they all bring the acts to me. Wish before me that my bitch practice abstinence. Wishes no right. That was the best rapper alive rapping <laughs> hella fast. Mm -hmm. Very Crazy. quickly. Very highly. Sprinting through it. Um, I guess let's just quickly address. So that was posted by someone named Janice on YouTube <laughs> as, as an unlisted video. And it was pitched up, we think. Is that right? That's what I'm hearing. There are theories that um, that pitched up version was dropped on YouTube somehow it manages to elude Atlantic from taking it down. I don't know. Crazy theory. There's slow down versions on SoundCloud. You can hear it actually sound a bit more normal. Right. As we know, like Uzi can kind of turn up. That's so true. The, 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 you know, the uh, BPMs or whatever. Yeah. yeah. His pitches and all that, but still. Um, I just think it's a, a very, very interesting phenomenon, like Uzi versus... 
the world. generation of the world. I knew it was coming, but I was going to say generation now Atlantic, yeah. but like, yeah. Well, let's start with that elephant in that room. Um, so Uzi has been in uh, basically like purgatory for a little while. He released his last project over two years ago. It's crazy. Um, was signed by Drama and Canon through Generation Now, which yeah. w- was a newish imprint at the time. Is mm-hmm. that right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, 2015. Right. So he's kind of hinted at this idea that he's like in prison and that he like can't release stuff and then his features he has like featured on some projects but not anything solo anyway so he signed a management deal with rock nation this week Mm -hmm. um which is questionable in its own way because i don't know if that means if it's a label deal or if they're just gonna manage his way out of the deal with maybe Maybe buy it i don't know um so i guess bird's eye view how do artists and why do artists like uzi get trapped in shitty contracts early in their careers that end up kind of quote-unquote imprisoning them at the prime of their career it's pretty much what tim was talking about earlier or maybe off off air but we were just talking about how it's like ignorance a little bit on their part but just because they don't know and they're coming from wherever they're coming from in his case philly um not having money and somebody coming and essentially lending him you know an upfront amount of money it's just mm-hmm. like a, attempting to do so on his part that's 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 why he did it that's why artists have been doing it since the end of time yeah. <laughs> um, um but it's still just trapping him you know it's the same old thing right um I, i'm just curious back then like why did he choose drama and uh canon philly right. philly okay yeah. with the atlanta connection too you know okay yeah so a few years ago, this similar situation happened to the Migos when they signed with 300. Mm-hmm. Um, it also happened with Thug as well, which was through Atlantic mm-hmm. as well and through Gucci and 15 other people that wanted him all at the same time. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and also got trapped by basically, I think he was like in a $15,000 advance that kind of kept yeah. him trapped after Stoner to, to release anything. Um, so what do you think, Tim, like what do you think artists see in the people that they agree with early on, whether it's a Lior, whether it's a DJ drama or whatever, that really within 12 to 18 months, they're like, this is my, you know, my enemy in a sense. This is someone that's like keeping me shackled from from being the artist that I want to be. I think, you know, we're talking about these deals and we're talking about a certain era for these deals that in in Migos and, and Thug and Uzi, right? Um, and the reason I, I, I want to make a, a, a distinction between then and now mm-hmm. is that now artists have unprecedented leverage, right? So that they can broker better deals for themselves, yeah. own their masters, have right. more creative control. Um, you're hearing that a lot more, like, you know, Annalie Chopper signed with United Masters mm-hmm. and all this other stuff. Um, you know, people <laughs> who sign the cinematic, I think they get 50 50 deals where mm-hmm. like they own their masters or whatever. Right. Um, and I think. Now, more than ever, record labels have to come to artists as partners mm-hmm. as oh, opposed yeah. to like people who are just going to exploit your masters. Right. So going back to like Thug, Migos, um, you know, and, and Uzi, you're a kid. Uh, you are basically just trying to get on. You want an entree so you can have a sustainable life, maybe get rich, whatever, um, and and put out your art, right? So someone and, and all these people are young when they're signed, right? Yeah. Um, they may not have the most savvy people in their corner, and even if they do have them, uh, very savvy people, 
a lot of times a lawyer is really just trying to get his or her 10% right. off rip. Off the signing. So yeah. big advance. They like lawyers will push for a big advance. Right. They could take their sum or whatever and then and you're in a shit deal, right? So I think there's a lot of incentive for an artist to kind of jump at stuff, right? Um artists want this immediate gratification, mm-hmm. especially when you feel like your life could change when someone drops a bag of money in front of you, right? right? Yeah. Um, but I think now because of the the struggles of a lot of these artists that we're we're mentioning right now, I think people are more savvy and recognizing like, nah, I could I could do what I want. Y'all could give me three million up front or I could just do this myself. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, because really what you need a label for in twenty nineteen, right? They can throw a little bit of, you know, gasoline on your marketing, your already, you know, popping marketing campaign or whatever. Um, they can help you out with distribution, but it's not like they own the means of production and distribution yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the way they used to before, sure. you know? Um, yeah. That's why it's like when Uzi like says he's quitting music, it's like he's actually quitting because no one can really force him to create, right? He yeah. can just fuck around <laughs> go on social <laughs> yeah. media or like, you know, just not do what he's supposed to do and still kind of live. And when he's like performing and he's playing old material, he, it's still rocking the crowds and stuff. I, I kind of wonder about the intricacies of his deal, right? Like what is it? It wouldn't make sense to invest in an artist and say artist who is arguably number one rap artist, right? Mm-hmm. Don't put out music for people's consumption. So I'm assuming it's some type of creative debate. Does anybody know more about I mean, what's going on? I I was like telling Dan, like I thought it was kind of like a troll, like on Cannon's and uh, Drama's part, because like you thought he was still gonna have a verse on Nav's album, which he yeah. Did. So like there was this like Nav's album that um, other best rapper alive, <laughs> Bad Habits. He was <laughs> supposed to have he, he was supposed to have a song with Uzi on there, and both of them both of them said that they were gonna quit music or whatever. Mm. But I saw in the comments that like Drama and uh, Cannon were still like plugging the album. Like when even when Nav like made that announcement, mm. they're like Bad Habits out, you know, uh, out tonight, whatever. Mm. Go get the project. And I'm just like, yo, is this like some marketing troll? Like, <laughs> right. uh, is this like free Uzi? Yeah, mm-hmm. like this whole that's thing. like at yeah. this point, like we've talked about Eternal Take like for almost a year and a half, right? But we weren't even talking about it if. He didn't say like they're trying to make me not drop it, right? Yo, is this all like a marketing ploy, man? Like it, it could be. I, I tell you this: the one of the, the 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 ultimate weapons that artists wield right now is social media and their audiences. True. The way you can go onto like drama and Cannon's page or whatever and see people cursing yeah, the fucking cursing right, them yeah, out yeah, about yeah. this shit yeah. is incredible. Right. And it gives him a leverage. He may not have the leverage con- contractually, but like in the the uh, the court. For like public the, opinion, a right? Court of public opinion, right. they look crazy. Yeah, they right, look yeah. like two old guys, <laughs> right, right, right. like trapping to, exactly. in a room. Being like, <laughs> you know, we're even assuming that he's trapped. Right, he yeah, might be right. the dick in the situation. Right. right, for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. he's a sassy man. Yeah, yeah. he's a very sassy man. He's a savvy man too. Yeah, like other thing is, about yes. Uzi is like, don't get it twisted. Uzi is smart as shit. Right. You can just yeah. look at the the um like the features he's done or whatever yeah, yeah. for people, the people he's aligning himself, the dance videos, how he's on TikTok. Yeah. Oh, he keeps himself mega hot. Young people know who the fuck he is. He's probably just trying to get out his deal so he can get a next huge right. ass deal. Totally. You know what I'm saying? So, which, yeah. so thinking about how he's stayed relevant and and just thinking about this time right now, like I remember 
I, I produced this thing with Amigos for uh, Complex, and they were talking about when they did the song Dab, and mm-hmm. basically they couldn't get any money off of it. And and so they just had to sit down, and they were like 22 years old at the time, and they're just like, I'm young, everything's moving so fast. There's Except the label. There's 50 new rappers that just came out, and like we're just nothing right now. We're irrelevant. So like, is this time so different that artists could... like? I guess if he wasn't doing all that, the TikTok and, and keeping himself relevant, then would he just be done by now? Would it be a rap for Quite Uzi? possible. I mean, I don't yeah. know if it would be a rap because he's mad talented and a lot of people have a special place in their heart for him. Yeah. But like, it's not even like he's just relevant. He's hot with yeah. no music out. That's like, yeah. New Patek came out and I went crazy, right? right? Yeah. <clears throat> One, uh, he dropped a fucking six minute song. We like who listens to six minutes right. songs, and it was the shit. You mm-hmm. know, like, we anticipated it. I think he dropped the um the clip on IG in like a, in June. And she with, came with out his in September, yeah. right? And then he was still on. I feel like this is less about him just being relevant, but more about him uh staying hot as fuck without putting out music, right? And applying social pressure sure. to his you know bosses, the people he signed to. Sure, yeah. But if it's not Uzi, if it's insert rapper here, um. And they just go quiet for a little while. Do you think careers can die that quickly now? Depending on the type of artist you yeah. are, yeah, yeah. like so. people, people hang up the phone on you right. if if they don't think you're producing enough and you're not making enough noise. So mm-hmm. yeah, and and I think that's a, a difficult thing for artists to navigate is how to constantly stay relevant, mm-hmm. right? Like, you know, if you're you know a, a rapper like Megan Thee Stallion, right? Like, so it's like even this is this bugged me out. Her mom passed away, yeah. right? And she's still on socials, doing stuff, twerking, rapping, all that shit, and pushing forward. When, like, yo, I, I know personally, I'll be like, I need to mourn. Y'all can't talk yeah. to me and see Same. me. I'm gonna turn my phone off for a while. Yeah. The baby, yeah. right? Right? Like, yeah. like his his pops passed away recently, right? Um, and he's still everywhere talking right. about. I just think it's like I think it's a taxing he's, job to be a, a rapper. And yeah, I also think at those two, you know, examples, I think they're just you know, working through the pain, I guess, mm-hmm. or maybe, maybe a little numb to it. Maybe they were, those, the, their parents were like inspirations to them. Yeah, like, definitely. Probably. Speaks to, I feel like social media and the fact that if you don't post, then you disappear yeah. kind of in people's consciousness. So that's probably the difficult part is you got to keep doing that shit. Mm-hmm. Do album, do artists albums still get shelved? Remember that was a thing mm. a lot? Oh, yeah. Where like if you were, <laughs> yeah, if you didn't have the right thing that the label heads want, right, or you weren't agreeing with them or anything. Well, I think that's happened a lot. Yeah. If it's not like a shelving, that's not even a thing anymore, but it's like, yeah, they just kind of go quiet on you or they don't like want to <laughs> put money into your video or they, you know. Yeah. That, that's crazy to me because it's like you produce this uh, intellectual property, right? This content. And then you're just gonna like not release it after investing all this money, and then just have it be a tax write off. Right. What happened? Didn't um, uh, what's your name? Uh, Iggy Azalea? Didn't she have a project that was supposed to drop that never dropped? Yeah, yeah. never, yeah, never yeah. really. That's a shelving. That's a shelving. <laughs> That's a shelving. It was like yeah. <laughs> digital dis- something. I Distortion. Distortion. Yeah. That's it's right. like. <laughs> but you know that would as an artist that would make me not want to sign to a major because I don't want anybody to have the fucking power to tell me when I can release shit. Right. Even but the EP terrible. was all right. She like dropped this little EP. It's all right. You feeling it? with Tiger? Yeah, it's not <laughs> with Tiger. Third it's best right. rapper. <laughs> what it's right. it goes Uzi Nav and then there we go. What about like the the benefits of because he signed the drama. Like supposedly signing with somebody that's in the industry, that's like an artist, that's in the culture. Do you think there are benefits to that still, or is that becoming more of a dangerous thing? Right. I mean, um, that's kind of the same thing as like signing to an artist, right? It's like, is that still a tenable thing to mm-hmm. be doing? I mean, that's what 
plug the last episode. Charles, <laughs> that's what he said, right? Mm. Yeah, why so would you ever? Why would you ever sign to a rap label in uh, 2019? Right. Uh, I guess the answer would be just because they do have the connections and, and the visibility. Amplification of, of really whatever do, your message is. Like, so like Melly, right? Yeah. You know, that, that, that debacle was crazy. But like, that's you know, wild, man. I can't even believe that. <laughs> uh, for those who don't know Melly, the rapper, I think she's from Uptown or whatever. I want to say Harlem. Harlem. Yeah. She's from Harlem. Um, she was going to, she'd been buzzing. She had some, some music out. Uh, Meek Mill was trying to court her to sign, but he was also apparently trying to court her for sex, Trash, allegedly. <laughs> and she ended up Sounds signing right. with Tory. He caught feelings about it. Um, and Tory Lanez too? She was trying to sign to Tory? No, she signed to Tory Lanez now. Oh, she did? Is that really oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, like, similar scenario, maybe. Mm. But but mm. I, apparently Tory is keeping it professional. So, hey, hey, I'm not mad at that. But <laughs> signing to an artist, it gives you... Now you get their fans automatically. Now you get their machine automatically. And if yeah. they're a creative person, now you get all these creative resources, right. you know, that help you out. I mean, it's Dreamville, man. Just look at Dreamville. Dreamville is an interesting thing because I don't feel like, I don't feel like everybody is dependent on Cole for a feature or whatever. I feel like they're really trying to build something that is uh, self-sustaining when it comes to the individual artists, right? Like I associate them with Cole, but it's not like, I won't listen to them unless Cole is on the record, right? Yeah, you know, mm -hmm. like, I've been listening to Earth Gang. I've been listening to J.I.D. or whatever. You know, like, I think that's cool. I think there used to be an era where, um, you know, if you signed to an artist and they had a flat low, oh, Shady Records. Dude, mm -hmm. yeah. <laughs> I'm like so glad. Burial, <laughs> shady burial ground of Shady Records artists. <laughs> Bro, never... can we be honest? No, no, no disrespect to any of the people. I know people who work over there or whatever. I'm... Yo, that, that shit... It, it's like it, it seems like the ultimate look if you're a yellow wolf, if you're a Cassius or oh, Bobby Creekwater or Obi Trice <laughs> or damn Stacko. Mm. Stack who's doesn't he manage uh he manages Zen. Who? Stacko co manages Zen. Lil Zen. <laughs> no. Facts. Whoa. Actual factual pterodactyl. But anyway, like you Whoa. think it's you think it's ah oh, Masan, I'm down with Eminem, he's gonna Joe Budden notoriously talked yeah. about this, Yo. how he felt the yeah. co-sign would have propelled them. They were just like guys in the label. I'm, I, I, I like the idea of that dynamic changing so you're not so dependent on whoever the flagship artist is on the label or whatever, and you can kind of do your own thing. And I'll give you nudges. Like, you know, Boss is going to put out a song and Cole's going to hop on it or whatever, you yeah. know. But it's not like everything is centered on you know the breadwinner for this label yeah yeah well that kind of brings me to the question of just like intentions like i'm sure when m is signing uh yellow wolf mm -hmm. i'm sure he has every intention of making this the biggest artist in the world the same way just go with me on this logical thought for a second <laughs> the, the same way that dre had that intention with m so that he could just live and eat and be rich for the next 10 years without having to be in the spotlight mm -hmm. i'm sure m had a similar feeling I'm sure Ross, when he signed Omarion, had a similar feeling. <laughs> oh, I'm sure. I forgot about that. <laughs> was it Pill? Who was the other kid who was Pill? Uh, yeah, Pill. That's right, yeah. yeah. Um, and, and I'm sure in the same way, Drama had that same intention with Uzi. Mm. You, you know, it's partially to stay relevant. It's partially to, like, be in on the next thing. But it's also, like, if they win, then you win. Yeah, so, it's like, to boss up. Right. Yeah. So where does that disconnect happen where it's, like, you can't give them the resources? Or is it creative differences? Or I know we're just, like, guessing here. But, like... I, we are definitely speculating like fuck but I, I tell you this like when it comes to artists and like OGs 
artists and loyalty don't necessarily go hand in hand. And I'm not saying this as a slight to Uzi, but like a lot oh, of artists, mm. they outgrow the people who brought them in, mm. right? Like I've heard a million managers who have like horror stories of like the artists they built from the ground up and did all this shit for who are like, fuck you, I want a new deal yeah. and I can get new money, yeah. right? It's like, you ever watch Entourage and you see yeah. like uh, Ari lose a client? Yeah, yeah, That's yeah. what it is, right? right? <laughs> um, so I feel like... Uh, I feel like it's probably a situation where they don't see eye to eye on things. The contract is what is contentious and it's it's the leverage that like, you know, uh, Generation Now has. Yeah. And I feel like Uzi's just probably just done with them. I remember mm. reading this uh, this cover story. Shout out to Felipe who wrote it for the uh, the Fader. That's right. When Uzi didn't talk to him, right? He was, he sounded like he was a dick to <laughs> yeah. everybody. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. I feel I feel like he had no respect for right. drum making <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. and all that. So like, he you know, no part of being a rock star is like yeah. that rock star right, attitude. Right, right. He might just be done with it, man. So yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, the leverage changes. Mm -hmm. When you become bigger than the person that signed you, then it's just like, why the fuck would I need you? Why I need you? Right. Let me get that bag. Right. I mean, yeah. these other these other artists on Drama's label, too, they get Jack Harlow, uh, Scheme, and Kilimati. You know who any of those I know guys? Scheme is. Scheme is um, famously beefed with uh, Draco the Ruler, yeah, L.A. rapper, um, Bloodcat. He's a songwriter. He's written a bunch of stuff for uh, Iggy Azalea. Yeah, no, he's dope. He's dope, um, but he, you know, he didn't pop like, no one's popping like Uzi. Right. <laughs> on Generation so Now. So you would arguably say Uzi's the flagship. Oh, by far. Definitely. Yeah, by far. And those four artists, for sure. Jack Harlow. I like Jack yeah. Harlow, though. He's good. Yeah, you guys love Jack Harlow. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, again, to even get more speculative, but... I'm thinking about someone like Chance, who I think a lot has been said about Pat, who had like money to sort of invest early on so that they didn't have to go to like the label system. Mm. But is there a system outside of the advance where artists can like develop and maybe wait it out longer or just like wait till something else happens so that they don't sign a shitty deal off the bat? I think what it takes patience think? and a good team. And a lot of artists are artists are really bad at patience. Right. Right, like artists do not want to wait, but if you do a slow grind, you can, yo, off of merch, off of shows, off of appearances and walkthroughs, off of features, and artists can sustain themselves, mm -hmm. right? But if you want that moonshot, if you want to blow up and be out of here, you're gonna need a label. You know, you're gonna have to be like, I need half a million dollars to do all this stuff. But you know, artists, if you want to be, if you want to be in control and in pole position. Be patient and do it yourself, and you can make the money if you have a good management team. If you got a good lawyer, mm. yeah. Do you guys think that patience exists now with new artists that are just trying to blow? Uh, I don't think so with like the younger ones. There's also like a flip side of that too. I think um, the older artists are still trying to maintain relevancy in their own ways. Mm -hmm. So, and they can't wait, you know, because they're old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. know, their time is going to be up pretty soon, right? They're going to die soon. <laughs> <laughs> Talk about Grandmaster Flash. Or the original. These rappers are dying, man. <laughs> just, just old ass rappers. These old ass rappers have no patience because they're dying. Because they're dying. <laughs> um, Pull quote from Eric. Well, I'm thinking about someone like Blueface. Like he's clearly. I mean, even in his New York Times profile, he was like, "I'm just trying to be hella famous immediately," and, and that's been like his thing. Um, so could he go from like zero to the New York Times, you know, like art section without like the WAC 100 and without the Birdman like cash up front? Yeah, he kind of did that shit himself, bro. Like, yo, 
I feel like, uh, you know, no disrespect to Wack 100, no disrespect to Death Row, what is it, West? Fucking <laughs> Cash, Cash Money, Money West. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cash Money West, um, yeah. Um, <laughs> Death Row. Like Death Row West, which is hilarious. Um, no, yeah, no disrespect to them, but like, they're adding fuel to the fire. They're getting like the Cardi B's and shit like that. But this kid, Blueface, is wild savvy, understands who he is, and understands how to work the internet mm-hmm. to promote himself. Mm-hmm. Another example, though he's much maligned or whatever, is like 6 9 mm-hmm. These are people who like... They weren't like, I want to be the best rapper. I want to be famous. Mm-hmm. I want to go viral. Mm-hmm. As a real aspiration, I want to go viral. And they know how to do it better than anybody sitting at a fucking desk in right. any of these record labels, yeah. right? So, like, there's a layer of, like, uh, prestige and approval mm-hmm. that these big dudes can give you and open up certain doors or whatever. But you would have had to talk about Blueface regardless. Right. You mm-hmm. may not have heard him on, like, L.A. radio until, you know, maybe, you know, the summer now or whatever. Right. But, like... Artists are in a position where they can work the net, work the um, you know, social media to the point that everybody has to pay attention and they're reckoning with them. Yeah, are, they're not getting signed now until they go viral. Pretty much, Facts. that's the new thing. Facts. So maybe it's a thing where it's this is the learning generation when, uh, in terms of the internet and how to go about it because the the next generation is going to be the one that grew up with the internet and like it's part of every part of their life. So yeah. maybe they'll yeah. be smarter about that stuff. It, it just seems like they just need a little bit more patience. Like, if Blueface didn't do the WAC 100 deal, maybe it's an amazing deal, you know? But, like, if he waited... I don't think it's an amazing deal. <laughs> yeah. right. Did I'm you just, read the Fader? I'm just Fader getting did a cover story of him, and he doesn't know how know. his deal yeah, works. Yeah. So, yeah. like, damn. Benefit of the doubt to WAC 100. <laughs> but if he waited four more months, he could have went straight to Atlantic himself with his, like, homie who's his manager and be, mm-hmm. like, $10 million right now. And they would have yeah. been, like, of course. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Um, so it's uh, it's that weird thing where it's like as it's happening, everyone wants to just jump in. Everyone wants to get involved. Everyone wants to get a piece, and then suddenly you're in bed with fifty people that. Are it, just it, I mean, it just all goes back to maintaining relevance. Like everybody wants to be relevant. Everybody mm-hmm. wants to be hot. So mm-hmm. as soon as you see something like a blue face start shooting up, mm-hmm. you just want to. Do you want to get on that? You want to get on that yeah. train, man? That's, yeah, yeah, that's what I felt like, especially him coming from the West Coast. Mm-hmm. And being from LA or whatever, and him representing the aesthetic that he represents, I knew somebody was going to emerge from some set and be like, yep. oh, I'm around you. What's yeah. good? Yeah. <laughs> and, and, that, that, and, that's, and that's also like a, because Wack 100, he's a blood, right? And Blueface is a crip. Red and blue make green. That's, that's how they, saying. all those cats, that's how they think out there. That's the mentality. So, huh. like, don't, yeah. <laughs> um, I'm curious on a personal level, have you, any of you either interviewed or knew an artist when they were going through something like, what Uzi's going through right now. Mm, let me think. Artists who have been trying to get off their label and really tight about their label. Damn, nobody really comes to mind. I mean, I don't want to plug my own shit. Go, go, go. You <laughs> definitely plug, plug your own shit. I, I interviewed Juvenile. Ooh, yeah. okay. Recently. Uh, recently, yeah, like uh, two days ago. Um, and he's been loyal to Cash Money since for, for who knows how long. And he re-signed with them in 2014. But only because he was saying like... Um, Essentially, he was saying him and Bird of Man are friends now, so that's why we're cool again. That's why we made this project because we're we're friends, mm, and mm-hmm. I can call him family. Mm. Right. But in the back of my mind, I'm like, you must have like a deep loyalty for right. Cash Money that you're owed to you, that the dispute that you went through and you said that he he got paid for it, like that's all in the past. But you're 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 willing to move forward with your career and still align yourself with him, knowing that he's probably not going to you know. Compensate you, maybe I don't know. Maybe the, the t- room is Lil Wayne, bro. 
Yeah. Like, yeah. <laughs> that was, you talk about nightmare signings and stories or whatever, yeah. and held back albums as him, yeah. Yeah. you know, be under the yoke. Yeah, that's 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 wild. That's wild. But he's like, when you told me, he was like, yeah, I, I still consider him family. We're friends. Like, we just had all this, like, history together. It's like, I'm the type of person that doesn't want to hold grudges because, it's all paraphrased, but he was like, because, you know, he said he has a son, and, mm-hmm. like, he wants to set an example for his son by not, like, holding grudges. Mm-hmm. I, I respect that greatly, but damn, give me my money. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> Those guys were all signed when they were really young. Mm-hmm. I know he was a little older than the, the other yeah. hot boys, but it makes you wonder, like, because they're, they're kind of swooped up by these older guys in the game uh, who take them under their arm and, like, you know, that's all they knew kind right. of at that point. Yeah. They fulfill, and, like, this mentor-type figure. Yeah, and they got them out of where they were at, father figure. Father figure in so the case hard, of Wayne, yeah. yeah. Hard to hate them yeah. in their minds. Mm-hmm. You're kind of bound to them in a way. Yeah. But that is interesting, the Juvie thing, because... Because they, how long did they feud for? It was, he wasn't always loyal to well, them, Well, it right? was, but, like, it was during Juvie the Great. It was, like, that part of it, and then it was, like again a little later but then they settled it and then that's when he signed again hmm. Hmm. i uh i remember profiling mac miller for um double xl when he was with Artie from rostrum yep. yeah shout out to Artie. he's a good dude um but it was right when he was releasing uh the movies what was it called uh movies. watching watching movies with the sound off, sound watching off movies yeah. with the sound off and there was like this really deep tension that was happening because Q was in the car too, mm. Max, like buddy. Mm. Um, and you could just tell there was this rift happening. And mm. then like shortly after that album dropped or yeah, like months later, it was like, all right, I'm out on roster and I'm not doing this anymore. And then him and Q went to Warner, got a $10 million mm-hmm. deal and then had all the leverage. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was just weird to see. I mean, it was a similar scenario where I think Artie was like a father figure to him and he kind of like brought him up and oh, like yeah, 100%. brought him into the industry when Mac was like a dude from Philly or from Pittsburgh. Um, and it's this weird thing of like, what does he owe that person that discovered him versus like, he should go get his own money because really a lot of what happened with Mac was his own doing, his own creation, his own like alliances that he built within the industry. A lot of like, very true, you know, his own charisma. But you know, getting something off the ground is a big That's deal. Yeah. It's the heaviest lift, right? Fucking with something while it's hot and making it hotter mm-hmm. is way easier than making something hot in the first place. Yeah. So I think, you know, contractually, when a lot of um artists sign with managers and stuff, there'll be like a sunset clause, means mm-hmm. which means that. Um, say uh, the manager gets twenty percent of all the uh, you know revenue for the artist or whatever when they're managing him. Right. After the deal, after the deal is done or it's expired or they want to you know part ways, it goes from twenty to fifteen mm-hmm. to ten to five over a number of different years. Right. So like that's a lot of that's the way a lot of managers protect themselves and you know companies protect themselves from you know a motherfucker just leaving with the fire yeah. like you you brought the wood you got yeah. the matches yeah, yeah, you put yeah. on the you know all the kindling and whatever right. and then they like all right, cool get out i got yeah. the fire now yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah for sure do you know any like rostrum inside information cuz like around the same time wiz and mac left and i'm curious like in my mind it was always like all right well they just leveled up and and that was still a small operation maybe you know wiz wanted to go directly with atlantic and mm. he had taylor gang and and whatever mac just wanted like a you know, bigger thing for himself and his own artist. Do you know any more than that? I don't. I don't. Everything I know is speculation. I've seen, you know, happen before. I know, like, you know, for instance, like, Joey Badass is not on a, you know, cinematic anymore. Right. I just think it's, it's a natural progression. Mm-hmm. You know, right. it's like, um, you know, artists get to a certain level where they've matured. They know everything. They want to be more involved in their own business. They want more right. control. 
and then there ends up being this tension with these people who kind of raised them or whatever and you end up yeah. parting ways because like you know now you you went from a, a position of being like the younger homie yeah right and now you're a peer you're the big homie yeah yeah now you're kind of like the big homie and y'all yeah. don't see eye to eye sometimes right. so yeah mm -hmm. Which is, go ahead. I was going to say, not to get on the labels, like be on their side too much, but there is some truth to that where once you hit a certain level, they're just better at shit than maybe the people that helped cultivate these artists. It's sure. like, give it like a, a basketball comparison. They're like kind of Phil Jackson, who's like incredible mm -hmm. at managing talent at mm -hmm. that level and could take him to the, the highest point. Sure. So it could be that that sort of natural progression um, in some instances makes sense to me. Right. Um what you said, Tim, reminded me of, did you watch the Jay interview um, with the New York Times with, like, Dean, I forgot his name. You know what I'm talking about? It was last year when Fort uh, Before came I out. I do believe, yeah, I did see that, yes. But he was talking about Kanye just being, like, he came in as, like, my little brother. He yeah. came in as, like, my mentee. And so there was this constant, there's, like, a competition aspect, but there's also this, like, vying for respect. And I, I guess I'm curious, like, can you do that without breaking out on your own? You know, like, can you level up to be on the same level as, as the person that brought you in without being like, I got to start my own thing. And I hope that you understand that. Mm, that's a good question. Cause I think that happens so rarely. Um, I think it's, it's, you know what it is? It's like leaving the house, right? Mm -hmm. We, we all moved out of our parents' house at some point or whatever. And it was like, now I'm a different person. I think it's just, it has to happen where it's like I step away from whatever my situation is that cultivated me to be stand on my own. And maybe we meet up again as mm -hmm. partners or whatever. Right. But like, yeah, it can't be that that type of relationship, yeah, for too long. Right. Which, yeah, I guess to your point earlier, it's like it almost has to start as a partnership. Yeah. In yeah. a sense. Which is kind of the new thing. Artists or brands and other brands have to partner with them. Mm -hmm. Word. Anything else you guys got? Free, free the locks. <laughs> free the locks. <laughs> Truck music three out now. Should we talk about bad boy at all? I feel Yo, like we skipped over we bad, skip lock. bad boy. <laughs> I found out there's a deep lock Europe. Did you guys know about this? What? There's a deep lock Europe. There's some Jada British deep lock Europe. They call it deep lock Europe. <laughs> wow. Are they affiliated? Or I this? don't know. <laughs> I'm amazed. Where is, is deep lock Europe? What is Sheik doing these days? <laughs> Sheik Luch, the silverback. Definitely has. Day job, probably. <laughs> yeah. No shots. No He's shot. also co-managing um, Lil Xan. Lil Xan. <laughs> <laughs> Him and Stackwell are co-managing Lil Xan. <laughs> uh, cool. Well, free Uzi. Um, what do you guys think happens next to him? You think he just puts out, gets a new deal? Yeah, no, I think... Puts out a new record? I think Tim's right in saying he's the hottest rapper right now. So mm -hmm. he's, he's getting along with... Uh, I mean, everyone wants to see him succeed and everyone is pining for more material from him, so... Um, now these guys new deal with Rock Nation, they'll they'll do a buyout or something like yeah. that. And um, yeah, I don't know what why you would not him, want him to release new material at this right. point. Everybody wins if he does. Well, we don't really know the specifics of the Rock Nation thing. I thought it was just management. They it just is, have money it is though. Management. But yeah. I think that through that they can like go to drama and be like as his management representative, whatever, whatever. What if he doesn't even have a single? Doesn't have a single. Everything he does is a single. Mupa Tech is not a single, but it was right. a single. You feel me? Like I feel like anything he puts out, people can respond to. Yeah, Free Uzi is a single. Free Uzi is a single. Sounds strange. Shout out to Janice. Shout out to Janice. Keeping like the culture that's just alive. Like a Nation intern that was just like, I'll be like the fall guy. For yeah, this yeah. <laughs> I'll put it on my personal yeah, YouTube. Yeah. 
Cool. Uh, we're going to get into Good or Bad, which is a segment where we rate songs that are good or bad. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I think the most straightforward <laughs> title section ever. We're going to start with, I think this is a good way to start with Reed's song uh, by The Boy West Coast. Yeah. Is it The Boy Boy? The Boy Boy, 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 boy West, West Coast. The Boy Coast. Right. Uh, <laughs> Who looks like Lil Rob's nephew. Oh, yeah. So that guy got some Lil <laughs> Rob vibes. Is the facial hair real? I don't know. Yeah, it looks painted on. It looks painted on. <laughs> it looks like Carlos Boozer's uh, painted on. Oh, my I God. I feel like yeah. it's someone in costume. But I, I don't know. Can you explain the phenomenon of Boy Boy West Coast? We got to like, listen to the song. Yeah, All right, let's listen to the song first. The song is bottoms up. Context. Um, <laughs> the context is you got to check out the little the snippet which went viral. Mm. Um, it's a good question as the question of what, why it went viral is a good one because mm -hmm. the song, as we commented on, sounds like it's from 2010. Maybe right. he kind of sounds like a little Rob from that yeah, era. Yeah, yeah. Um, like trap, he trap looks like he's from that era too. Mm -hmm. um, I think it's just like a weird song, and he has a weird look, and everyone is just kind of laughing at it. But it's also catchy, so that's just like a thing that you can share, and it's, it's easily digestible in that sense. Is this your song of the summer? Are you about to? <laughs> it's the song of my lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> it's um, your wedding song. No, I, I, I don't know if the song is good. <laughs> like, to be real, I just thought I'd play it because. Um, when I when I put it in the dock to put it, Dan was just like, "Jesus Christ, what, <laughs> what is this?" I'm into it. I it sounds it's like the rap version of like what, Rebecca Black. You remember? Yes. Oh, this era is Rebecca Black. That's good. I like it. I like it. Tim, I can't co-sign. <laughs> I can't co-sign. It's it's ridiculous. What is like? I don't know. I can't. I can't co-sign. I'm, I'm gonna give it a, a, a bad. All right. <laughs> Uh, I just want to see what the the actual music video is going to be like. That'll determine if I think it's good or bad. What do you think it's going to be like? It's going to be ridiculous. Yeah. Yeah. Riding a horse. It needs a, a, a blue face remix. Mm. It does. That'll yeah. be amazing. I'll just get That'd a peak good. 2019. That'd be great. <laughs> cool. Uh, we're going to get into Tim's song. I want you to introduce it because I'm worried I'm going to fuck up the name. Oh. <laughs> DJ Muggs and Mock. Uh, yeah, and, and Mock Hami. The name of the song is uh, Peter. But it's Peter with the Russian spelling. Ah, right. Yeah, yeah. So we, you know that known. that song <laughs> exactly. Should have known. Yeah. Um, that song you just played, the Boy Boy West Coast, is super bright and light and 
happy. This is not that. Cool. <laughs> this is this is this opposite. is some sinister, you know, dark movie. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All right. When it's a Russian man's name as a song. You already know. <laughs> Shout out to Killing Eve. Enjoying that show. My shit be murdered out. Your shit be tinted, loose, rigid, inertia pouch. Big kids throwing tantrums with big sticks, big dicks on the end of them shits. Trip get flipped on the regular business. No, don't, don't. Amnesia, everybody. I need that Gerber, keep that murder sloppy. Yeah. Ain't nothing surgical about black cherries swerving in bourbons. Copy, copy, copy. Yeah. You don't want no dash. You don't want no flavor. Umami, a hundred poly. Cool. Snippets. What's up? Uh, read. It's good. It was like uh, the New York wintertime music kind of reminded me of like mm-hmm. Benny the Butcher. Mm-hmm. Super mm-hmm. straightforward, sample based. Mm-hmm. 75 BPM. Yeah. <laughs> very strong, um, strung out. Yeah, strung out music. Mm-hmm. Um, sinister. It's good. It's like, I know that stuff. Like, it's pretty familiar. Um, it's no boy boy West Coast, but. <laughs> <laughs> Facts. Good. Facts, though. It's good. <laughs> that was dope. It's, it kind of sounds like, like a kind of like a pitch down Freddie Gibbs a little bit. Like, mm. a, like a much mellower Gibbs. Mm. Narcotized Gibbs. Yeah. I All liked right. it a lot. I hadn't heard any of that before. Any more opinions? What do, what oh, do you think? Um, yeah, I fuck with it, man. It's it's some music that you just, you know, put your hoodie up and just vibe out. All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> cool, I'm glad you fucks with it. <laughs> but, uh, uh, so when did this project come out? Uh, This came out like literally thursday okay, dropped sure. or whatever um makami for those who are not familiar he was originally affiliated with griselda records and uh you know west side gun so when you mentioned you know bang the butcher and conway or whatever it's in that kind of realm mm-hmm. uh he's from jersey i believe newark um he's of haitian descent you'll hear a lot of creole in, mm-hmm. in all his rhymes and shit and uh i like to explain to you know him to people is like it's like you know, it's like Raekwon mixed with Doom with Wyclef's accent type mm. shit. Um, and it's very dark. It's very abstract. People like Earl Sweatshirt are big fans. Um, obviously, DJ Muggs, Alchemist are big fans of his. And I think we're going to hear a lot from this dude. He's super strange. Um, he was selling his album for, I think, $777 on CD. He was that. doing, I he, had, yeah, he, had, a, he had a whole thing. He, he actually paints artwork. Cool. He was selling an album with painted artwork for like two thousand dollars or whatever, so, and he. This is the first project he has. It's a widely available on streaming because he's anti-streaming. He was right. just like, "Come cop the shit from it me." It just sounds like like curmudgeonly. He's just dude. weird and elusive <laughs> and wears masks That's all cool. the time. And yeah, we haven't had that in a while. Yeah, like we need we need some like, like that. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not everybody can be blue face. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Cool. Uh, we're getting uh, Eric's song. The, the resident cash money fan in the Wait, room. Uh, did you send yeah, the one yeah, that yeah. I uplo- gave I you? I did. So this is Juvenile and Birdman with Dreams. No, I don't. No? Back then? Back then. I remember me and my nigga drinking in whispers. Sideline, bitches on the sideline. Trying to get some high time, but they knew the guidelines. I'll me in the parking lot when this shit over. 
Back then, we was in the city doing numbers. We was fucking bitches, then with dick wasn't important. Cool thing about it, we was on the same kick. So we didn't tell them bye when we felt like it was over. Cops pull us over, they was looking and admiring. Trying to get a job, wanna know if we was hiring. Old people watching like, leave them boys on. Y'all always stop in, but y'all never stop violence either. Right now, I'm on my own island. Falling like I'm playing soccer. Smoking, I feel like a roster. Chopper stay cock for imposters. Yeah, big dog, never fall, we get money. No call, we stand tall and flip hundreds. Lay low, but play dough, we spill a hundred. Never came around us, but split dough. Shot call, knock a nigga fucking brains off. Big money, we'll knock a nigga top off. Never play, lay low, we get it all. Got money, we hit first and pick it all. Line around the corner, bad bitches. Eric, when we start. Real niggas getting money. Uh, before you guys say your opinions, this is uh, Birdman told me personally this was one of his favorite songs off the album. Wow. Mm. So, wow. So just Obviously, you know Birdman. <laughs> <laughs> so let that put the fear in you to not say anything <laughs> negative. <laughs> it is good. <laughs> That's the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> I like that cool. song. I thought it, I thought it was good. I, you know what I like about it? like Juvie still got it. Yeah, he like, does. Juvie still got. He still. He doesn't sound like sometimes some older rappers get on. They sound like labored when they rap. Mm-hmm. They don't have the same like their flows be off and shit mm-hmm. like that. He sounds natural. That yeah. that that impressed me. I'm a, I'm a little thanks Eric. <laughs> <laughs> Thank, thanks Thunder man. Uh, the only the only thing I don't like about this song is that. Birdman, Birdman, he. <laughs> he <laughs> oh, so you don't like Birdman? Tell us more about not like you don't like him as a person. <laughs> said he smelled bad, right? <laughs> I think like bad business. Is that what you said? <laughs> <laughs> he kind of raps like the same things over the well, years, yeah. like the same you know fall ball, whatever. Yeah, yeah. But for whatever reason, even if he just repurposes it, it still sounds hot. So mm-hmm. we've probably heard the same ball till we fall type of shit. Ball like a doll. Yeah, but <laughs> it's hot. Air Bud. Shout out Stunner, man. Like a doll. Nice. Baby, <laughs> I don't know. I'm not sure that I just want to know what they want to be talking about at this point in my life. Like, I, I don't know that I want to be listening to whatever they want to be rapping about. To be, mm-hmm. just, I don't know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, 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 it is strange. He does still have it in a way. I think like it's he had some serious star power when he was younger, and yeah. mm-hmm. he hasn't lost much of it. Um, but I don't know if I like that. I like the other song that we were gonna play that had a, like a little more uh, kind of older production. Mm. Like this whole the stuttering hi hat stuff. Mm. This seems like a bit of a reach, for mm. them, in my opinion. The first mm. one is Jag. That's the first single. Jag. Yeah. Just another gangster. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, all right. We're gonna get into the last song, which is mine. It's Two Chains NCAA. I smoke myself to sleep. Got myself for free. Made a left right off the street. Yeah. Yeah. This shit you're getting deep. Yeah. Yeah. I got the pool right by the beach. Yeah. Yeah. My nigga said food, that's the ocean. Yeah. I use good pussy like it's lotion. Yeah. Uh. I shoot a nigga for promotion. Yeah. Drop my album off the court and make them post it. Yeah. Uh. I told you trapping is a sport. My old school is a Panamera Porsche, yeah My lab bitch got some head you can't ignore I told her I might take her head on tour I used to roll my weed in front of the store The drive so fast I disrespect your car I told them that my dreams would carry 
How can you not like it, man? It's so good. <laughs> Play the like a guitar. <laughs> did you just bleep yourself? Yes, I did. <laughs> Tim, that shit is hard. Beats great. All right, here's <laughs> my thing. Hard. Here's my thing about it. I think it's a great idea for a song, mm. and in the second verse, he gets into the sort of like the athlete thing. Yes, which is the. Uh, what bothers me there's, is there. There's a whole two minutes where you're just talking like two chain shit, which he does all the time. But I feel like if you're gonna do that song, it's like timely. It could be like a thing. It could be I like feel like he's statement. trying to lure listeners like, in, right, right, with the normal shit. Yeah. Because sometimes people don't necessarily want substance off rip, so yeah. maybe it's a you know. Let me put the medicine in, mm. inside the, you know, little... Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I can see that. Okay. I can see that. I mean, the hook is crazy, and then it, it gets better from there. But I just wish from the beginning he could, like... It could be even like a storytelling type of thing, mm -hmm. or it could be just like... I you know, know what? Fuck LeBron. You should be his a &R. I should. I should. I should. <laughs> I wonder if LeBron was like, all right, that's enough with all the basketball stuff. And just like <laughs> talking about the guitar thing again. <laughs> I'm, I'm with you, Dan, I think. Uh, I always thought like, I always like 2 Chainz's personality more than his music in a mm. way. And I think that he's always smart about like topic matter mm. and album art and like the whole the whole packaging of his music but sometimes he lacks an ex execution mm. um mm. and so i found found his whole new record kind of like that like i i wanted to like it a lot because yeah. i like him yeah but the music itself uh I, I found was just not all the way there for me i feel like there's some like great moments though there are you know it's little moments yeah, yeah. here and there kind of um but I'm not. I'm not convinced he can write a totally great song all the way through, mm. like from front to back. Oh man, mm. damn, that's spicy. The Ooh, trap spicy music album. Thing. The yeah. trap music album was really good, and there was a lot of really good. Songs I don't know. On it. You know, I think that's <laughs> the same way. I feel the same way about it too. Damn. Like I, you know, I like moments on the album for sure, um, and it all kind of sounds good. Like mm -hmm. the beats he picks are yeah. good. It's another part of him as an artist that he does really well. Mm -hmm. But I, I'm just not sure that it, like. Him lyrically and everything, songwriting wise, is, is always there. Damn, I really like Threat to Society on this record. Threat to Society yeah. is really yeah. good. Yeah, it's really good. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good song he wrote from top to bottom. That's true. <laughs> we'll go out on that song. Money in the Way is a great song, too. Yeah. It just sounds really good. But I feel like this song could have been just like generational, like anthem type, mm -hmm. yeah, type yeah. thing. But like, just no one's going to ever play that first verse. <laughs> like, you yeah. can't ever. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> but except Eric, he likes the guitar part. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Uh, cool. We're gonna get into deep thoughts, and then we'll do a quick send off. Eric, do you want to prime us on what deep thoughts is? Uh, it is about breaking bad habits. Mm. It's an urge that is uncontrollable. You are aware that you're doing it, but you don't stop. The cycle of bad habits and why we never break them are personal choices. You want to keep indulging because of the excitement, and why not? Who's going to stop you from being you? It's an extra puff from a cigarette when you told yourself you would stop. It's when you order another drink knowing you've had one too many. It's biting your nails when you are nervous. It's opening your IG stories repeatedly to see if that one person viewed it. It's writing a critical review on an album you would never listen to voluntarily and giving it a 4.6.
It's the thirst for fame, hoping that the paparazzi takes your picture outside of Delilah in LA. It's these bad habits that we refuse to break. We would rather stay in our loops instead of attempting to reboot our minds and embrace the thought of change. In 2019, a common theme is that very successful people are trying to work from within and then project their efforts outward. Big Sean told us therapy helped him find clarity. Justin Bieber told us he's focused on repairing his deeply rooted issues so he can sustain his marriage with Haley and be a good father one day. It's one thing to participate in the trend of self-care, but it's still difficult to ask yourself if you really want to do something about your bad habits. When willpower isn't enough and when your support system can only do so much for you, you are left alone with your thoughts. It could either be a dangerous position or a moment of self-realization. Even at your worst, you can only bring yourself to the light in order to be the best version of you. I'll end with this. I was keeping a journal for the past two months and it started to become toxic. It was meant to be positive reinforcements of what I accomplished that day, but it quickly turned into a space where I was just venting about my bad habits and convincing myself that these guilty pleasures were okay. By last week's entry, I started to notice a pattern of the same conversations with myself without any progress in fixing it. I deleted it. Now with April coming up, I have a new set of goals. The first, you are worth what you sold for. Change. Deep. Deep. That was your best one yet. Pretty good. That. Yeah. That's good. Nice job. Uh, cool. Tim, do you have a dark story that you'd like to share? <laughs> <laughs> hey, it's just a pivot to darkness. I don't have a dark story. I'm really sorry. All right. I should have prepared more. Damn. I'll just go make some dark stories yeah, until yes. the next time I appear in the show. <laughs> and then we'll recap. Yeah. I will be the, the cause of dark stories. Okay. Uh, Reed, do you want to just uh, give us an update on Lil Nas X? Uh, yeah. The, so the update was, so they didn't want to put them on the country charts, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, right, we the played. song that you premiered. Last time, yeah, we we premiered it on the Rap Rider <laughs> show. You heard it here first. Um, no, we played it last time. Super polarizing in the room. Um, yeah, and I think that song is just getting more and more popular. But yep. the Billboard country charts were kind of salty about it for some reason. Hating. So yeah. is that just racism, or is there more? Probably, yeah. yeah, in some way, or just Billboard being behind on things mm-hmm. as usual. So they uh, they took it off the country charts, but it's rising every chart. You know, it's just them being right. purists about it and shit like that. You know, yeah, yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I kind of get the argument against it, but also I'm like, yo, fuck it, let it rock. Yeah, you know, and also like I think uh, it seems not so serious because it's a kind of funny song or whatever. Yeah, but yeah, there was a thing where like black artists blend oh here's here's the thing if a pop artist takes trap drums has rap songs or has rap verses on their shit or whatever like and they have it and it's in the pop realm or whatever it's still pop but Mm -hmm. if a guy's like all right i'm gonna take from country to make this song or whatever it should still be country but i feel like it doesn't go both ways i feel like you know white artists pop artists can do whatever they want appropriate whatever sounds Mm -hmm. and it can be still understood within the context of whatever you Mm -hmm. know whatever genre they're in Mm -hmm. but if it's a black artist it's like nah he's a rapper he's reaching right yeah like come on yeah nick jonas can go on the r&b charts but this dude can't go in the country yeah yeah i hope that the country music awards let him play 
and that that would be a nice just like <laughs> I, oh, I want him to do a duet with, with Lil Tracy. I want them to do that'd a medley of, of like a farmer yeah. and that song. You know, that'd be fire. Then, <laughs> like a farmer is it, like like a farmer is ahead of his time, man. That's true. And then the what, West Coast. What was his name? Boy, Boy, Boy West, West Coast. Coast. Yeah, he'll the, be there. All the country <laughs> music award. And the camera will be on Tim McGraw the whole time, <laughs> yeah, just being like, Hard "What is <laughs> going cool. on here?" All right. Well, that was the Rap Writer Show. Thank you, Tim. Thank you. Anything you want to plug or say to the uh, fans? Check out Rap Caveat. It is coming to various different platforms and stuff. Um, I don't even know what to say to people, man. Yeah, Rap Caveat, W-R-A-P-C-A-V-E-A-T. Best new raps. And that's it. I'm chilling. Cool. Thanks, guys. All right. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you, Tim. All right.